Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins' four-game series against the LA Angels. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins drop three of four to the LA Angels. Dan, I didn't get to see Otani pitch. It's just a very, very sad day for me here. You know, normally I'd be happy that they missed Otani in the rotation, right? Like if they were competitive, I'd say, oh, what a shame to miss Otani. But I mean, I'm sure you were so excited to potentially see him pitch today in in the person, in the flesh, and it didn't happen. It was the entire reason why I went to this game on Sunday. I would not have gone otherwise. I had a great time with the friend I went with. We had had some great discussion. We got to watch some baseball. He's actually a Braves fan. So full disclosure, about the fourth to seventh inning, we had the Braves game on my phone because it was finishing and they actually, uh, it was a very close one but uh so we had kind of two baseball games going on at once can we root for the angels going forward right like in some sense how are they not a better team overall with the star power they've got they should be but they're not and they never seem to be i always say this that the a's always seem better than they should be and the angels always seem worse than they should be i mean they have joe madden as the manager like what the heck are they just I, I mean I know Trout's not been healthy this season I mean obviously that's a factor but you have Trout and Otani you have maybe the best two players in baseball and you're 500 yes how does that happen it's a good question I mean how are the twins 14 games under 500 Dan well, we have lots of reasons for that that we'll get into, I'm sure, over the course of the episode. Anyway, well, I'm glad you got to go. I'm jealous that you got to sit outside and watch a baseball game today. Well, we haven't even reminded people the Twins did lose three of these four games. Um, they've fallen yes. deeper in the, in the division. Should we just talk about the games, go to the game recap? Yeah, let's jump right in. Series recap. Game one here, Dan. This is one, all the games in this series feel this way that either the Twins couldn't get started or they couldn't finish. Like, so you could never have it both ways, right? Like, they either finished strong but started poorly or they started poorly, and there was no consistency in how they performed. So this one, it looked like the Twins might be able to come away with a victory. They were up 2-0 in the fourth, but the Twins end up dropping this one 3-2. The fifth inning just got away here from Maeda. He couldn't stop the bleeding. You know, again, and we've talked about this before with Buxton and, and the absence of Buxton, but now you have the absence of Nelson Cruz, and you put Cruz and Buxton into the lineup here and I bet the twins sweep this series you know just because it, it bolsters the depth of your whole lineup right Celestino wouldn't have been in this lineup Estudio wouldn't have been in this lineup yeah I mean there's not much that we can do about it we have to play with the players we have we did kind of bury the lead we didn't even mention Nelson Cruz has been traded away to the Rays for two pitching prospects both triple a guys so we will talk about that a little bit later but Maeda looked decent right I mean seven innings pitched three earned runs I can live with that if you told me that you could have a pitch who was always going to give you seven innings and he was always going to give up three runs, you should win more games than you lose. Oh, absolutely. And the whole series, the Twins actually got quite good starting pitching or at least that's competent what, yeah. starting pitching. And that, that's what made these games, I guess, exciting, but also frustrating. I, I think if they had walked away with a split in this series, I actually would have felt pretty good given the, the quality
quality of the games in some sense, but to not win one of these other one-run games uh, was disappointing. Yeah, so any other notes on game one, Dan? Sano did steal a base, which yeah, it was third how about base. Um, <laughs> kind of a, a bizarre... It's almost like they didn't think that Miguel Sano would, would do that. Because nobody was, in their right mind would Steal in third base. Then. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, credit... I think he's becoming a more rounded player now in the absence of Nelson Cruz. I'll leave the weight <laughs> jokes off the table here, Dan. All right. Let's go to the game two. This was the most exciting game, folks. And if you only get to watch one of these recaps here, go back and watch game two. Fantastic game. The Twins win five to four. Lots of energy. You could hear it in the stadium here when you were watching on TV. The Twins, they started so poorly in this game. So the Angels score three in the first and one in the second, and then the Angels are done. And the Twins just continue to chip away and chip away. So they score one in the third, one in the fifth, one in the sixth. And then in the eighth inning, Jeff. Jeffers, there's two on. Jeffers gets a hit. Sano scores easily, but there's a throw to home that's far behind Sano. Like, it wasn't going to get Sano at, at home at all. Suzuki pops up and tries to get Gordon, who's trying to get to third, so to go from first to third, and the ball skips into left field. Gordon runs home, and that gives the Twins the, the edge here, five to four super exciting game man and they did it without any home runs yeah i like having gordon in the lineup for that speed too and we saw yes. later in the series he actually got to move back to the infield which you know i think we could see more often going down the stretch here polanco had three hits i mean the twins generated plenty of runs here late in this game but it was those are fun games right when a team comes when the home team comes back in the eighth and then all of a sudden the ninth is really quick i just like games like that and you had Manaya come in uh who ended up getting the win actually here who pitched the eighth and then rogers closed it down in the ninth two games in a row here where they really didn't have to rely they didn't have to burn through the bullpen which you know when you get seven from Maeda and then you get six from inning eater Jay Happ um you know things, <laughs> who gave up four things runs just go well but things, they were see, early seven and three he I'm much settled. more okay with I'm much more okay with seven and three than six and four Dan, it's not talking. ideal and the seven hits and the one walk and the four strike I mean obviously it was not Jay Happ's best outing I noticed but you it skipped wasn't over his the worst. two home runs Dan. hang on I noticed you <laughs> skipped over the two home runs on that line there, but Dan. he settled down after those first couple innings where does they're, they're all got, right. He got Levine waiting by the phone, oh, waiting for those I'm also, offers. For here's what I'm, I'm tired of, and maybe I guess maybe I'm just noticing it. But man, don't the Twins give up a lot of like that was the guy's third home run of the year? They give up home runs to guys who don't normally give up, who don't normally hit home runs. Like Suzuki, the former Twin. Uh, had his third Mayfield had his third you know it's just like it's I'm kind of annoyed when those guys hit home runs like they shouldn't be hitting home runs it's maybe it's how the other team felt when Ben Rortvet hit that home run <laughs> yeah I love that replay if you go back and watch oh. Rortvet's home run just his eyes are so big on that ball before he swung it's like he knew he knew that he's like this team doesn't know what just hit them Ben Rortvet <laughs> just hit a home run Ben Rortvet who oh man all right well let's look at game three game another close game yeah this was a rough one here twins lose this one two to one here's the thing that's so frustrating Barrios pitches seven inning and if you notice the angels have two runs in the first dan how i'm confused how baseball works Barrios has no earned runs why are there two runs on the board well there was an error there by by mr sano at first base oh there. my no. goodness i when you have a start like that out of Barrios, the offense has to perform and instead the offense has shut down almost no hit by Sandoval, who the Twins, I don't think, had seen him before. Season ERA of 3.52, eight and two-thirds innings pitched in, only gave up the one run, the one earned run, um, one walk, 13 strikeouts. The offense looked, they looked, I, I don't even know that I can find a proper synonym or simile or any any sort of word that talks about how impotent this team was. Impotent. Well, there's the word, right? You just I came guess. up with the there word impotent. Is. Yeah, yeah, I was encouraged by the fact that the ninth inning, I mean, they were right there. 
right? I mean, they yeah. had every chance. Sano, I really thought he was going to jack one there to end the game. It just had that, I don't know, to me, it had that feel um, that he was ready. But feel is not apparently uh, the best way to judge Miguel Sano. <laughs> so he strikes out, you know, with a runner at second there in the bottom of the ninth. I don't know about you. I was not really impressed with the no-hitter, uh, David, because there well, were a couple shocking. walks so, there. Or there, was a, there was one walk and it reached on an error. And I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. If you're new to the program, Dan believes that no-hitters should not be celebrated only perfect games no hitters are nothing. absolutely if there are walks there's no real reason the effort of the pitcher should not be celebrated in those instances no it shouldn't be right because he, he allowed a base runner because what's and he plunked somebody else didn't he did he hit larnack too <laughs> so i was not no not impressed not impressed <laughs> with how it went i give me a perfect game i want to attend a perfect game in my life i would love that yeah, what are the odds, though, Dan? you got to be going to a lot more baseball games. If you I do. That's true. Game. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, game four, not so fun. Another Ugh. winnable game for the Twins here. They kind of, they, I, I don't want to say that they blew it, but they squandered opportunities and then the Angels put them away there at the end. This one, I think, is at the feet of Rocco in a lot of ways. If you notice, Robles did not pitch in this series. That really upsets you. I can tell, right? You well, think, it upsets you me on a, couple of, on a couple of fronts. We're going to get into this a little bit later, so I don't want to dive too deep. But Twins lose this one 6-2. to two. Over only pitches five and a third. If you notice his pitch count, though, 68 pitches he got pulled at, Dan. Yeah, that was a little surprising to me, too. I, I looked at the box, and I thought, oh, surely he's up in the high 70s or low 80s. No, 68 with 46 strikes. No, um, I even said, okay, so I had a couple of things that I said during this game here that there is there is proof that the buddy I was there with heard me say this. So I, I want to say I called Ish the Kepler home run. I didn't say he was going to hit a home run, but what I said was typically Kepler tends to hit home runs either when he's leading off or near the end of game. Did you enjoy watching Otani hit at least? He, yeah, he it was game fine. Of- it was a little disappointing, obviously, because the main reason I went is because I wanted to watch him pitch. But I mean, him hitting a home run off Kaloum when he came in was quite disappointing. And I was I was baffled when they pulled over and I was thinking, what is happening here? What are you doing? And then Otani just smashes Kaloum when he comes in. I was I was quite upset, Dan. And Otani also he stole a base in this game, hits the home run, he has another hit. His OPS is a thousand and forty six. How do you even say that number? We're not even used to that. One point zero four six. Things uh, the twins aren't OPS. used to are one dot no. stats in any in any <laughs> sort of way. How are we used to seeing those stats, Dan? But the Angels did get to five hundred, so they're forty nine and 49 the twins are 42 and 58 i don't think they're gonna get to 51 wins before they get to 60 losses here david it's, i think it seems a bit unlikely, of a climb here. i don't i don't see them obviously getting back to 500 this season which is disappointing because that was kind of that kind of became the goal right at the end of may you know, if they could get yeah. to 500. And, and now with the pieces being sold off, I, I just don't see it happening. And Jake Cave, by the way, David, did you see where Jake Cave was batting? That was, <laughs> I thought that, so I got the text from you here that Jake Cave batting fifth, because that's exactly where he shouldn't be. Rocco has just this faith in Jake Cave that nobody else seems to. He's hitting 170 this season, but <laughs> credit him. You know, you know, normally when a guy gets put on a 60-day IL, that's kind of like code for, oh, he's done for like 120 days. I mean, Cave was not gone much more than the 60 days. I was impressed no, that he came back no. and, and he gives them that much needed depth in center field here. Here's the question, Dan. So we may mock him batting in the fifth spot, which I think rightfully so. But then you look at who's batting behind him and you think, which of those guys deserve to be above Jake <laughs> no, Cave? Exactly. I mean, that, and that was the thing. Like, in some sense, this is right where Jake Cave belonged in the lineup well, today. When you're going to give has yeah. to. Yeah, yeah no. you have the turtle followed by Gordon, followed by Jeffers, followed by Simmons. All powerhouse hitters. Oh, man. I think we should move forward to Puckett's picks. Catch them all, Kirby Puckett! 
Puckett's Picks winner. Yeah, so this is a sad one, Dan. It's sad for me, but not as sad as it could have been as the listeners come away with the victory. So we did have to do a last-second switch here, folks. So I reached out to a listener after the fact, after we found out that Cruz had been traded. They chose Kepler, and Kepler gave the listeners the victory with seven points. Dan had Polanco, who only had one point, which is a little bit disappointing because he played so well in the previous series, but no errors, folks, for Polanco. See, I'm going to remember this, David, next time you talk about how Polanco has an error every series. He didn't have one this time. I would say more often than not. Yes, All right, well, certainly. you can amend it to that. And then Donaldson, your pick, had three points, but he, of course, grounded into three double plays. Well, okay, the, the ones that he hit into this series, though, Mayfield playing third for the Angels robbed Donaldson of probably four to five hits this series, Dan. It's like Donaldson smoked it, you know, maybe 100 miles an hour off the bat, and Mayfield just happens to be right in the right place, quick reflexes. Two of those double plays, at least, that he hit into were likely doubles if somebody less competent is playing at third base there. So I drop now, what am I at here, David? I have eight wins this season. The listeners now have nine, and you have 14. So you put us yeah, together. Yeah, I don't like this, though. It's been three weeks in a row, Dan. I don't have a victory. I know. How's I'm it starting feel? to get the yeah. shakes here. Well, I don't know if I can deal with this. Well, we'll see if next time here. Let's uh, let's move forward here to our next segment. Beast versus Bench. Is losing fun? Is losing fun. Beast versus Bench, Dan. I'm going to let you go first. Who's your beast? This was tricky because nobody had like this huge offensive performance. So I'm going to go with Barrios here. You know, Barrios in game three, he pitched seven solid innings again, right? Um, he kept them in a close game that that really they're a swing away from winning that game in the ninth inning or even at least tying it up. I just think I've been so impressed with his steadiness this season. They've, they, they've gotten such consistency out of Barrios that they've basically been in every game. I, I'm not looking at the breakdown right now in front of me here. What a great performance, especially when the other guy is really dealing. I mean, 13 strikeouts by your opponent you really have to be sharp so to keep them in the game that's why i went with brios there and and again the absence of any great offensive performance right now dan with the twins really you're not necessarily always going to have a very clear winner of the beast moniker from the offensive side of the ball so if a pitcher which the twins have been sorely lacking so far this season has an admirable performance i think that giving them that beast moniker is not a bad choice that said you went with a with a batter here david a positional player. i did yeah i'm gonna give it to kepler because i truly thought that he was the most effective offensive player truly though had Donaldson even one of those grounded into double plays had they actually connected and gotten through I think he would have been a good pick as well for this series I think we though we agree on our bench with Andrew Elton Simmons being on the bench there today I mean how do, I don't well, hold know. on you went I, to a baseball game with a Braves fan today right wasn't he singing the praises of Andrew Elton Simmons and how effective he was as a Braves player you know, I don't know that his name was ever uttered, actually, now that, now that you Well, that's because he went 0 for 12 that. in the series, and he was he was irrelevant in the series, except perhaps the, the trade bait that he is becoming less of here as he, <laughs> oh, as he plays like this in the series. Can you imagine Simmons and Hap? Think of the haul that we could bring in, Dan. You know, you, you joke about that, but right now, would you rather have... Do you think they get more for Hap or for Simmons? Probably Simmons, I would think. I mean, I, pitchers are always going to have more value. But Simmons is a late defensive replacement. I guess how much value? I guess I don't half, know. Just because I, I feel like Aaron Gleeman will have, have something value, to say Dan. about Why are you this. Making, right? 
Why are I'm you just making me answer this question? Neither of them have value. Well, because both of them are, are presumably available, right? For teams yeah. to come and, and, <laughs> yes, and pluck I, I from the team. So. I would take just about anything for Simmons right now because it opens up a spot for Nick Gordon to come in and play regularly. That Wouldn't you? Reasonable. Like, I don't know. But does I mean, it really? There's no value for Simmons, though. So Gordon well, can't... plays shortstop then? Well, I think maybe you move Polanco over there and then, and then Simmons plays second base. Yeah. Do you do that? Yeah. I know you don't love Polanco at shortstop. Those long. I don't throws. like Polanco anywhere, Dan. Yeah. I like him at the plate, and that's about it. All right, let's go to Rocco's Rewind. Rocco's Rewind. You should go first here. You're, you were at this game. I feel like when you're at a game, it's easier to second-guess managerial decisions because right? you can see the whole entirety of the game. There's a couple of spots here that bothered me, and I agree with you. I do feel more in the mind of the manager when I'm at the field than when I do at home. Now, granted, I can criticize Rocco whether I was there <laughs> well, or not. Well, of course. Yes, absolutely. But in the moment, I get more upset, I think. So I was very confused in game four on three different accounts. One, I assumed Garver would not be catching in this game at all. If Garver was going to catch and you knew that you were going to have Garver catch this game, you should have pinched for Gordon and for Jeffers earlier in the game to get Polanco and to get Garver into the game. Then on top of that, in game four, again, you have Robles available and you don't use him. I, I just don't fully understand all of the decisions that Rocco made in game four. Granted, I don't know that the Twins were going to win anyway, but everything that Rocco did was the wrong thing in game four, Dan. Yeah, I think Robles should have come in and, and pitched the ninth inning there, right? Because then, because you're only down oh, one certainly. run. And you, you got a chance. Season, so, yes, yeah. I agree. And Alcala has not been great lately. And again, you no. play to win the game in front of you. So maybe he's going to trap Robles out here three starts in a row. Maybe Robles is getting traded and they're trying to, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're Honestly, doing there. that... But, that would at least be logical to me if there's a trade that we're going to find out about in a couple of hours, and that's why they didn't play him because he's already on a plane ride somewhere. That's reasonable. I'm, I'm going to go with kind of a bigger picture thing that we've seen here. So they, so the Twins have, have instituted now mandatory rookie practice, basically before home games and then some road games is what I read. What do you think of this? I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I, I'm all about extra practice when you're, you know, 16 games under 500. I don't know. What do you think? This speaks back to what I had said a few episodes ago, that I think that it's important that Rocco stays as the manager that he is. And this, to me, points to a guy who is changing his ways based on the poor performance of the team. And is that I guess bad, it's, though? It's a, like, is that a bad well, thing? Well, see, that, that's the thing. I'm not sure. I don't mind the additional practice if, again, Rocco stays pretty aloof about things. I don't want to see what a wound-up Rocco looks like. What, what, are you, what are you afraid of? Like, does, Do you feel I, like that's just out of his character, I, and so he's not even yeah, capable of that? Correct. Like, I think that him being wound up or, like, really concerned about the struggles of this team without having sort of the calm demeanor that we're used to seeing would not reflect well on the team. So I hope that this was more of a, well, you know, guys, I think that, you know, now that Cruz is gone, I think it's good that we have a little bit of extra time on the field, taking some grounders, feeling things out, and not a, oh, now we got to lock this stuff down because Cruz is down and we need to perform better and you guys are terrible, you know, that sort of approach. I still want him to be a player's manager, and I hope that this doesn't take away from that. Well, so it's obvious this this Twins team needs work in the field and with some fundamentals. Yes. We've seen so many examples. Their fielding has been at or near the bottom of the league all season, right? In some sense, why weren't they doing this earlier? Like, why was this not a deal when they had a chance to come back in the season a little bit? Why now? I guess I get why now, because you have so many rookies on this team. You have so many young guys. But in some sense, how did that conversation go? Like if it went like, because here's what I'm thinking back to. I'm thinking back to Rocco saying, hey, 
just show up for before the game whenever you want to, whenever you need to, right? So putting it on the players to say, you need to be ready. And that system works great when your team is winning, right? This system can still work when your team is losing, but you you have to be able to project it and say, guys, I think it's pretty obvious we need some more practice here. So I'm doing this for you. Like I'm setting up the structure for you because I think this is what you need. This is what the team needs. And then I think you'll get some buy-in from players to do that. But it it is different. It's a, certainly a, a different switch. I just like the switch because I feel like it is responsive from the manager, if perhaps maybe later than it should have been. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair assessment, I think. And I don't, I guess I really hope that it wasn't just because Cruz left. You, well, you know that's, what I'm saying? that's the thing. Like, why would it have been? I, the timing matches up with that, but like, yeah. this team needed well, work and that's long, how the, long ago here. That's how the article that the Athletic sort of phrased it was that Cruz left now mandatory practice for the youngins. Right. It's like, huh? Right. Like, I'm not sure why one of those necessary. Like, was Cruz like, nah, Rocco, we ain't doing that? Like, like, you know, I guess that would be my only question. What was, wh- why was Cruz being there preventing the necessity of younger players taking grounders before the game? Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see going forward here. Let's uh, let's go to the Minnesota moment. Minnesota moment. There's a few different options, I think, to go with this series, even though the Twins only won one of four games. But I am going to go with game two. Gordon scoring that go-ahead run on the errant throw from Suzuki. It was so exciting. And for a moment, Dan, I forgot how bad this team is. <laughs> Just for a moment, I felt that, man, this win means a lot. And honestly, that's how I want to feel the rest of this season. I don't mind that they're not going to do anything. They're not going to get to the postseason. But I want these moments, Dan, that make me forget about how bad the team has performed on the grand scale. I just want to enjoy these games that are so exciting, and you can tell that the fans are in it. I think that's going to be impacted in some sense by how does this team approach next season. If people see that next season, oh, there's going to be some hope for this team, you know, they're going to still try to push and win some games next season. If they if they pull back, if they start trading everybody, I think that's going to kind of drain crowds a little bit. I think this this game kind of works when you have 20,000 people there still. And hopefully the beautiful weather in late summer keeps people coming to the ballpark. I wonder what that game looks like at the end of September. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> like people stick around. Yeah. <laughs> um, my moment is going to be the Kepler and Rooker back-to-back home runs in game four here. What a great start to that game, right? And love, yeah. I mean, I love to see Rooker hitting home runs after he hits so many in St. Paul. So a nice bounce back for him. So after the two foul balls down the right field line to finally get the payoff of him hitting that leadoff homer, totally worth it. Well, let's go to Mauer's Musings. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauer's Musings. So it looks like we both have ideas here about the team moving forward, and that's what we're asking questions about, Dan. You want to start us off? Yeah, so so we read on The Athletic and other places um, that Buxton, Byron Buxton, has rejected the team's initial offer for an extended contract, right? So so the Twins started with, I think it was $70 million over seven years with a ton of incentives. They bumped it to $80 million reportedly over seven years. And Buxton's team basically still said no. And there was a statement about, you know, he looks forward to playing with the team. I wonder the service time issues that, that happened a couple seasons ago, right, where they kept him in the minors in September. I think that's maybe come back to bite the Twins a little bit here. I wonder if... You don't think so? Like, you don't think that I, that's a... Pr- I just think this relationship is not a great relationship between your, your potentially your star player and the Twins. Yeah, yeah, I guess that that's possibly true. I guess my concern is that our other teams in baseball, would they have not made that decision with Buxton? Because we've seen out here in Mariners land how some of the top brass 
it, it was really, you know, pretty open about manipulating service time out here for some of their star players. So maybe you're right. I just, and we don't know the back workings of those conversations. We don't know how that was presented and such. I just haven't ever gotten the sense that the relationship between Byron Buxton and the team is a great one. And maybe that's just because he's been hurt so often. And so there's this discord between, well, do you do you pay the guy for what he is when he's on the field? And I understand why Buxton would be would want to say, well, yeah, I'm a great player. And the team would be like, well, but you're hurt so often. How can we commit this to you? So here's my question then if it really comes down to the relational aspect do you think there is a number that the twins could have come with that byron would have agreed to well maybe you hmm. you see what i'm saying because maybe it's not just about maybe it's not just about the number if it truly is a relational issue and on top of that maybe he wants to be somewhere where he thinks he can actually win a world series dan here's the thing as the twins you could pitch to them listen We've been in the playoffs for a number of years here, and we have yeah. these plans. Is, is that your strongest? Well, but point? but like it's but the fact that they're in position to win those games. It's not like he's in Kansas City or he's in Detroit, who it's been yeah. a number of years since they've even been competitive, right? Like they can point well, to some hey, recent. Kansas City success. won a World Series in 2015. I know, but he wasn't. That's not that feels far away now, right? For the last five <laughs> or six years, I guess I take your point because he has just a different view of his value right now than the Twins do, and, and here's the deal i mean he he has all the leverage right now because the twins aren't any good they, they clearly need him i think to get over the hump and so i wouldn't be surprised if they do come to terms eventually but i could also see this dragging out and and maybe they just try to trade him in the offseason yeah i mean it's looking more and more like that's going to be the situation which is a bummer and i think the fans will react and you have to wonder especially if his play at the end of this season doesn't match what he did at the beginning. What is his trade value? Like, I don't know. It could be very, very high for all I I know. I think there's a team out there that is willing to go all in with Byron Buxton. There's got to be a team. Somebody will want the risk. And I just wish the Twins were willing to do that. I wish the the Twins were willing to commit a lot of money to him and say, I've talked about this before, he is our best chance to win a World Series. So let's go yeah. on with Buxton and hope that his health issues come back. But then the last thing I'll say about him, Larnock got hit by a pitch on the hand. And you know what didn't happen? <laughs> oh, dude, Dan, you, oh my, as a Buxton defender, I know, Dan. But he didn't go on the injured list. Trouble. And you same thing with Nelson Cruz, trouble. right? Like, oh like there my. is something in some sense oh to the fact my. that Buxton. You can find Dan on our Facebook page, folks. Please send <laughs> me right. hate mail. All right. My there you go. goodness. I just, it just, it's one of those circumstances where Buxton is out for weeks, right? He breaks his hand and Larnack just trots to first base. Oh, Dan, you are a- honestly, I don't know. honestly right, you are asking for it here. Uh, uh, but so, go to you. We've he, talked about Byron what, Buxton for a long. Do you have more no, to say about have, him? Yeah, yeah. I have one question for you here, and I think I know the answer. You can choose Byron Buxton for four years, Barrios for seven, but you can only have one. Who do you take? <sighs> David, it's like picking one of my children. Like, <laughs> what do you? I want Buxton for four. I want Buxton for four. Yeah, I think I take Barrios for seven because I think Barrios will play. In about, I don't know, five times more games than Buxton will. <laughs> All right. Let's go to you. What's your musing here, sir? The return the Twins got for Cruz was, I think, way more than anyone had anticipated because Cruz isn't under contract next year. Cruz is under contract through the end of this year. So to get two AAA starters, one of which who was in the top 20 of your team's prospects, Dan, that's insane. So I guess my question is, what does that mean for the Twins for 2022. I can view it in one of two ways. Either that means that the Twins are not willing to trade for low-level prospects, meaning that they are expecting to compete next year and they want pieces that could potentially help. Or? Or? 
or what it means. They want guys who are near major league ready, knowing that next year will be a year of seasoning in the majors. So I could interpret it both ways. I guess it depends on how good these guys are and whether they're actually going to be ready to contribute next year or whether next year is going to be more like a, eh, let's just see how they do at the major league level. Maybe that's good for the Twins front office because they could kind of spin that either direction depending either way, on, yes. right? I mean, they, they want to spin it to Barrios, right? You're going to win this year and beyond. And look at these these really shiny arms that we just brought in here who can kind of bolster our starting rotation. Were I was you just as shocked in, as I was? I was I was shocked. I was, like, I was shocked they got that much. And it and it told me that there was more of a market for him. Guy. Totally. Yeah, triple A guy, let alone two. Are I you think, kidding me? I think there were other teams that wanted Nelson Cruz too. The Athletics probably wanted him too, and the Rays jumped right in there, and now I'm going to be a Rays fan here heading into the playoffs. A lot of questions here for this team moving forward, especially, Dan, we only got six more days before the trade deadline. No. I'm curious what moves are going to be left. Well, that's going to impact my Puckett's pick maybe a little bit, don't you think? Ooh. Right, we'll get to it. we got to grade the series first. Series grades. Yeah, I'm going to give them a D on this one. One out of four. It's frustrating because they had the opportunities, Dan. I don't know how much other justification I can offer. They only won one out of four games, and they had opportunities to win the others. And I think game four, they definitely could have won had Rocco performed like a more logical manager, not just whatever he was doing uh, today. My standards are lower, so I'm going to say a C because they lost a couple (laughs) games by one run. And that last one was within reach. They just yeah, one out of four though, Dan. I at home too. Average grade, yeah. Yeah. Against against a mediocre team, as it turns out. Maybe the Angels are just better in my head, and I think that they're playing against. I don't know who it would be. The Athletics, the White Sox, one of those, the Rays, one of those good teams in the league. And we'll see you tomorrow. Puckett's picks. So your Puckett's pick, David, what do you, well, we, we should go over it. So the listeners have taken Max Kepler. So I don't know what you're going to do. Luis Arises on the injured list. This robs you of players. Uh, for the record, Dan, you're choosing first, I actually. know, but I but we have already promised me my pick, right? We've been over this before. Oh, yeah. Well, inform the folks who are new to the show. So, Dan. right. So I have, I have said that once Nelson Cruz was traded, then I would pick Miguel Sano because I thought that Miguel Sano was going to play more. He'd step into that DH role. So I'm going with Miguel Sano. Hooray. We should put bets on whether he scores negative or positive points. He's going to have a positive. He's going to hit two home runs this series, David. You just wait. Next time I'm back in town, you're going to buy the first round here if I'm right. <laughs> okay. Sounds, wait, what did you just say he's going to do? He's going to hit two home runs this series. Ooh, well, I mean, that at least is possible, I guess. But yeah, I'll buy the next round if he if he have, takes two home runs against the Tigers. Thank you. That's what I'm going with. I'm going with Miguel Sano. Who are you picking? Yeah, I'm going to go with Donaldson. I think that he had a lot of opportunities this series and he's swinging the bat so well he got robbed of a couple of hits i think he's the logical pick all right so uh, the listeners so we have this segment that we've been kind of hanging on to we've been wanting to institute it we haven't gotten the sounder yet uh but it's something called herbie's headline herbeck's headline and so it's something around the league that is going on that that we think you the twins fans are aware of or should be aware of I don't know if you would, would you add any more to the description there? Yeah, I think just something that people are talking about in the baseball world, whether it's a play or whether it's a team that's performing very well or very poorly, something that people in the baseball world that are talking about, because honestly, Dan, the rest of the season, the baseball world isn't going to be talking about the twins after the trade deadline. No. So, so we're going to go with, as perhaps some listeners have seen, Cleveland has itself a new name starting in next they season. Do. A, a bu- budget friendly name here, folks. <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians which 
You might be wondering, what is a guardian, David? Can you tell people what is a guardian? So I guess this would be the equivalent of the twins renaming themselves the Hennepin Bridge. That's, that's, basically, that's basically the equivalent here. Because Cleveland has this bridge and it's got these guardian statues on it. And truthfully, they only picked this because they had all the lettering, the I-A-N-S I lettering. And they Even needed the D. To figure they out keep the D, what, too, David. What, well, I'm sorry. What can we replace and still keep this lettering here and the thing is this sounds like the most generic name ever and i had a buddy text me that he said this sounds like the name of a baseball game that was created and they couldn't get the rights to the teams so they're like the guardians there's the team name for you what do you think about this game i admit i opened it and i thought is that a real thing like i thought like, <laughs> i checked the calendar literally like it's not april like what are we what are we looking at here why did they call them the guardians I don't know. I guess I don't mind it. I I guess I was hoping for something with some more spunk, like the spiders, right? There's a historical precedent for that. The Guardian, it's going to grow on me, I guess, maybe over time. But it's going to be weird to not have the Indians anymore in the division. The video, too, is so corny. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And here's my other question. You have Tom Hanks recorded. Tom Hanks grew up in Oakland, California. Why are, could you really not he find one He spent time this at a theater in Cleveland, and therefore <laughs> they've adopted him. But can't they get like LeBron James to do it? Like surely somebody, they got somebody else. Somebody, Drew Carey. Somebody, like what is? Anybody from Cleveland? You're telling me you couldn't find one more famous person from Cleveland? Because who just, doesn't like it, Tom Hanks though? Right? Tom Hanks is the great he's American. I don't know. He's not from Cleveland. What no, are you not, talking man. about? I just. This was, yes, and I think the logo looks stupid. I hate the font that they used. <laughs> Granted, I mean, I don't really care, right? Like, it's not my team. I'm not buying the merchandise. I did take the uh, survey that they sent because I had gone to some games at Cleveland Stadium. And I'm telling you what, folks, Guardians wasn't on that list of options. Or if it was, I certainly didn't vote for it. Let you got to scroll through all the whole list here. I don't mind them changing the name because, of you know, if people were offended by the name, I definitely understand that. I think it's totally fine if you want to change a team name. I guess just make it better is all I'm trying to say. All Choose right. something better than Guardians. Oh, well, man. I do like the Minnesota Hennepins, right? That is kind of a – there's <laughs> something that rolls off the tongue, I guess, with that. All right, well no, – the Hennepin Bridges. You got to get it right, Dan. I guess so. All right, well, David, I'm going to send us out unless you have anything else to say. <laughs> no, no. Let's be uh, done right. talking about well, the Cleveland <laughs> Guardians. <Come on. laughs> Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please do tell a friend. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Men for the Win. You can find our Men for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so you're notified when new episodes are available. If you could leave us a rating as well, that'd be great. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins.